Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000 year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parishit as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings and welcome. I am Parisha, your host on Windows in Your Mind. This show is brought to you by Law of Attraction Radio Network, the voices of consciousness and spiritual evolution. We welcome you again today on a wonderful journey and with all the good things and exciting things that's going on in our world that's not just controversial things, just happy things. And today there's just been such great rewards of uh, wonderful progress with different women's programs to where women are doing breakthrough in some of the very cultures and places where there is a great deal of suppression for women and to young people young girls. So we have a lot of good things going on and a whole lot of wonderful people that are putting their energy to what they want to see changed and how they're seeing that through to its completion. And I celebrate all of you who are strong and doing that. So tonight we're going to discuss some of the things that people are bringing again as questions. You know, we like to try and find where the general trend of interest is in give the time that we have to that. And, and a lot of people have different questions, you know, uh, but sometimes they kind of uh, are gauged or go in the direction, the same direction, and about probably some of the same issues. And today a lot of people are are kind of getting into the place, this, this is seasonal now, but I'm getting ready to talk about uh, in my 75 years, I've watched all of this happening and I see that when the Christmas and the, the winter season of holidays come, and there are many, there, there, you know, this is really prime time holiday time over these two, three months, okay? And everybody has them to go through whatever the situation is for them when they're actually having to deal with, you know, whatever emotional history there is there. And... One of the things that I'm finding tremendous uh, response with, and it's always been my take on it. I mean, for years and years and years, it seems like forever, I've been actually seeing the harm that can happen when we teach our kids about the Santa Claus thing, you know, and how it ends up in, no matter how much we want to sugarcoat it and to make it this real happy, good thing that we do, you have to remember there is a basic truth to it, okay? And in that basic truth, we have to ask ourselves, are we really weighing the circumstances of all of that? And then I guess, you know, maybe I am getting kind of cynical here, you know, in, in the winter of my seasons or something. But then I ask myself, is is it really necessary? You know, what what is the real goal here to deceive the children and do the pretentious thing about Santa Claus and the gifts, you know? And and so many people are coming in with emotional things and, and saying they don't understand why they're having this emotional situation going on. You know, when the questions come, you know, 
How's things in your family? Well, everybody's good, okay? Well, you know, is everybody working? How, how's the economic situation with the family? Oh, no, we're all doing good, you know. Okay, is there anyone that's, you know, having any particular situation with an illness or a threat, life threat of any sort with, you know, an illness? Oh, no, no, we're all healthy and good. Okay, so where is the blues? You know, where is the, the moodiness, the melancholy, the whatever, you know, there's so many words that people will attach to these emotions. And it's like, so what do you think that is? And, and sometimes they just burst out crying and say, I don't know. I really don't know what, you know, I get upset with myself because I realize I'm feeling like this and I'm sad. But I don't have any justification to be sad. You know, I look at people who have horrendous things that they're dealing with and they'll say, it's not mine. You know, I'm not, I, none of those circumstances are mine then why am I feeling so sad, you know? And so then when we get into that, and uh, I do, you know, go into some mindful states, and I'm using mindful as a, a way to do light hypnosis and light hypnotic work, you know, taking people deeper in and letting them take a look at what really is talking in there. And when when I do that, it's always surprising to them to realize that, when we come back and we kind of journal and discuss and uh, look at what come up, it ha it has to do with Christmas gifts and then you know maybe even Christmas dinner. Some have some trauma around an exchange with some relation at that point. Um, always something though that's that's you know definitely flavored because of the holiday seasons and. Because I have such a, a global family, okay, it isn't just one religion that I'm talking about, you know, it's all of the different religions. And, and so, when you know, you look for these things and you wonder, okay, so what is the real common situation that we're looking at? And that's, when we come to that, it's how people feel. And, and I don't feed them the words, you know, there were a well, in the early years, I used to just kind of be maybe a little bit too blunt and frank about the fact that this was a deception. But I don't do that anymore. I wait and let them come around to that themselves now. And inevitably, they all end up with actually describing this and taking this on and confronting it as a deception. And and I'm a parent, you know, and, and not only did do I, do I feel I'm a parent to the three children I gave birth to, I feel apparent to many, many uh, children that I've taken into my life that I feel, really legitimately feel, they are as much mine as ever anyone that came from my womb. You know, I, I, I just love them and they're just a part of me. And when you look at, you know, all the things that they've been subject to and where we take our children in our life, you know, the one thing that I think every parent hopes for is that there is a trust that's maintained. And, you know, then you get your young people that come into their teenage years, and I mean, there's nothing right about parents, okay? <laughs> just, I don't care how far you're going with it, beloved. You're just not in the acceptable group, okay? And everything that you're doing is too much, not enough, uh, not good enough, overdone. I mean, there you know, all of the stuff, right? And so there's just that point in those particular, uh, I call them the arrogant years that we go through is this, this age group of anywhere from 12, when you get into the double digit numbers of time, okay? It, there's just this craziness that we go through to where, you know, our parents just can't do anything right. And there's very few parents that have a real open, uh, supportive, you know, but supportive, I mean, active part in their children's life at this point. And by active, I mean, you share a whole lot of social pleasures together. Children want to kind of be with their own particular peer group and so forth and on. And we're just not cool anymore. Even if we're cool, we're cool in a way that doesn't fit into where they want to be. So whatever that is, okay. But Meanwhile, we have started them on a track in life, and I think most of the people that's on 
the, this particular channel with me have already had some exposure to the fact that now we know, or at least society knows, what my people have always known is from the moment of conception, within that first 28 days of conception, the, the baby's already interacting with the mother's emotional tract. And so being exposed to everyone that involves and is, is part of your mother's life is already beginning to happen for you, okay? And so basically, you know, you already have some kind of link, emotional link, with all the characters and all of the persons that make up the intimate circle for your mother. And so now they're born and you bring them into the world and they have to now begin to acclimate themselves. And of course, by that, they're acclimating themselves to the environment of which they were born. And that's for all of us. And then because they're little and precious, you know, they're so precious. It's like I, I, what I've been doing lately, and it must be a sign of age, okay? So you have to be patient with me here. But I've been looking at children like toddlers, and I think to myself, what was I like at that point, you know? What kind of toddler was I, you know? And looking at that and realizing how precious they are, you know, how, how you just want to cuddle them and how you just want to make sure that they're safe and that they're happy and that you want everything to, you know, you want their laughter. You want to see them having fun and being fulfilled. And, and you look at that and you realize, my parents, those who loved me and saw to, you know, being good stewards for me in my life, they had to be experiencing me like this. You know, and it becomes very intimate. And then I think of the people who made up my childhood and my infant state. And I just send them so much love. You know, most of them are not here with me in the, the physical plane anymore. But I don't care. I just send them so much love. And it's like, this. I, I can just imagine, you know, how they embraced and, and the joy that we shared. And it's just so beautiful. And then... We start with this thing, wanting to make their world happy and wanting them to have these beautiful kind of magical experiences. And then we start deceiving them. We, we feel that we have to bring in this character that's really a storyline. And there's nothing at all wrong with the storyline, okay? It's a great example, and it teaches us about the spirit of Christmas. And that's every parent's defense about using the Santa Claus thing, okay? And we all know the story is beautiful. It gives us a beautiful characterization of, you know, a, a, a entity whose interest is just making sure children are gifted with the season and all of the creatures and little, you know, characters that make up that whole Northland story. It's, you know, it's, it's all beautiful. And as a cartoon, it works. As trying to convince your children, it is part of the reality realm is where the situation gets a little cloudy, okay? And then to know that many good-hearted and wonderful loving parents use Christmas as a disciplinarian kind of edge that they can take advantage of. You know, we do the whole, if you've been naughty and nice, you know, you're going to get all these wonderful things. But if you've been this bad kid, you're going to get this stick and potato. And, and just stuff like that. And it's like, okay... Now, this is entered into the game, all right? And you got all these little precious beings who are wide open, wide open, and so trusting of us, so, 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 you know, safe and secure within the realm and the field of love and energy that we're providing for them. And, of course, we can say no wrong, you know? We can... We know everything. You know, they they look up to the fact that, that we got the answers. Don't doesn't matter what little thing goes wrong and what got broken and you know, even the boo-boo, you know, we're gonna make that right. And then we're telling them, you know, if you're naughty, you're not gonna get the things you want, but if you're really nice, you know, there's this jovial, wonderful person who just loves you more than me. It's going to come down the chimney and going to give you these Christmas gifts. And then, you know, 
along the way, because they're very intelligent beings, and today, I don't care what anybody says, the kids today are far better, far faster than they were at my time, okay? And so now they're they're looking around and they're seeing things, and, you know, they're seeing, they just pick up faster. I don't even know how I want to put that word, you just pick up faster, okay? And they begin to realize that, you know, this 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 isn't the real thing. And, you know, I've I've stood and and last year I did it again, you know, because this is this is not something I do with my grandchildren or my children. And I went to one of those stores to where they have the elf and the Santa Claus there. And I'm watching all of those precious, precious young ones. And they're looking at it and they're looking at them. And there's even knowing this is a human being. And, of course, this is a living person. They're not buying the costume. And they're hanging on to their parents. And they realize the parent is Googling and, you know, ha-ha with this. And, oh, here is Santa Claus and everything. And so they, they hold on to it because the parents are so emotionally supporting it. And I had to laugh because there were several young people, okay, that the parents, you know, they're, they're, they're the toddler age, probably about four, anywhere from 14 to 18 months old, right? And the parents are holding them because they, the, the babies, of course, want to be up where they can see more. So they're in the dad's arms. And the dad, you know, being the practical of the family, he's, you know, the, he's he's trying to play up the Santa Claus thing. And he had, this obviously was his son in his arms. And I watched this little guy, and every time his dad would, you know, say to him, look, look, look what Santa's giving him, you know, you're going to get something, you know, isn't that beautiful? Look at their Santa Claus. And, you, you know, the little one would kind of look at him like, really? And it, it would be like, you could see... The little one was like studying his dad's face so, so serious, you know, like, really? You you think that's Santa Claus, you know? And, and, of course, I'm going through my little game in my head with it, and I'm filling in all the cartoon responses to this. And, and I just started to laugh a little bit. So there was an older gentleman that was standing with me and my husband, and he said, you're seeing it, too. And I said, uh, excuse me, and he said, you're seeing the irony of this too, aren't you? And I said, you know, I said, I'm having fun looking at the children. I says, you know, in reality, in true intelligent reality, they're not buying this. And he said, I know, he said, it's just the desperateness of the parents to perpetrate something that we, we gave them and, and we were like making them feel that it's a thing that has to be passed on. And he said, I, I agree with you. He said, I don't know if it's because they're exposed to TV so much anymore or who knows. He says, but I see what you're saying. Because I'm looking at all the faces of the little ones and the parents are just, you know, almost desperately, just enthusiastically acting out this whole thing. Okay, they're Santa. You know, oh, wow, how cool this is Santa. And you just see the little ones like looking out the corner of their eye and looking around them like, okay, you know. And then when they get up there, you know, most of them sit there totally frozen, unrelating at all because, you know, they're not at all comfortable with it. I think out of watching about 26 kids, I saw one little one that actually interacted with the Santa Claus like it was really something to her. You know, she had her little list. And she had her little stuff memorized. I don't know if mom and dad had helped her rehearse, but she was quite good and quite direct. Okay. And uh, she, you know, she went, she went along with the whole act just perfectly. And then, of course, thanked Santa Claus and told him she'd see him Christmas night and that she had her cookies for him, you know. And, of course, the gentleman behind the beard is playing it up and doing his thing and everything. And I watched that, and, I, and I'm looking at that, and it's like, okay. And when she finds out, then what? You know, and it just sort of like I went into this kind of deadpan kind of mind and look, and I felt sad for them. I felt sad for them. 
I mean, you see this, just these young parents and, you know, of course they grasp her and then it was their waving bye-bye to Santa and the whole thing. And it's like, okay, and you'll take your credit card or whatever resource that you've, you know, held on to that you're going to buy the gifts. You put them under the tree and they'll be from this character. The child will not know the parents made the sacrifice. They will not know what it took for these parents to set things aside, to be, to be real sure and to guarantee that they would have something very forward to look for on this marvelous morning of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and I just feel that we, we it's overdone and the commercial level of it has really just gotten I, I, I just I, I just don't want to do the shopping. All year long for just any occasion I can think of and make up, I do the gifting. And then when it comes to this in knowing that this is the game, and everything. I don't know. I, I don't know how to tell you. So I just know I, I, I don't want to be a part of it. I, I really don't want to do that. I want to do the dinner. You know, I want to I want to have the gathering. I want to have the cheer. I want to have the parties. You know, I want to do the extra baking, especially the seasonal baking. Okay, I love pumpkin pie. I truly believe if you gave me a whole pumpkin pie, I know I could consume it in a day. Okay, I love pumpkin pie. And I don't have to eat the crust. I can just eat the filling. Okay, so basically just those things make up the holidays for me. You know, and, and, and with every pie, and there's these special cookies that are made just for this season. And I remember, you know, the happy times with my mother-in-law. And she did all of these wonderful... She, she brought all these Italian cookies into our life because these were cookies, you know, that her mom gave her and she passed it along to us. And, you know, of course, now when we make these macaroons, there's Mary, you know, there's my mother-in-law, there, there's there's mom. She gave us, she taught us this, you know, and the cells, you know, here's Mary, here's mom. You know, she's, this is how she's still with us at Christmas, and those are the jewels of the season. Those are the truths that we're holding to. And I, I just want to say to those of you who have still any influence in the children's lives, you have to ask yourself, what is the illusion all about? And in the end results, you know, they're not everybody. You know, somebody's going to send me some emails out there saying, well, I don't have that kind of reaction, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I, I'm grateful for that. And if you really feel in your life that that was a plus, I don't have anything to try and take that away. I don't even want to evoke on that, okay? But we have to start asking ourselves, okay, what is wrong with the children knowing that the parents provided this? That the mom and dad wanted to surprise them. There's nothing wrong with the surprise. You know, there's nothing wrong with you don't know until you open the package. Just a matter, where did the package come from? And there's nothing wrong with the Santa in the store or the magical story of Santa Claus. There's nothing wrong with that. But the coming down the chimney and the gifts being from that source... People have an emotional program and it comes to be that they, they have actually attributed to the deception of their parents. And then the relationship between parent and child has now a crack in it. And for some children, and I've listened to some of these cases, for some children, that's a huge crack. They can't relate to their dad anymore, you know. This is when uh, the actual trust or the actual seeing the strength he is to the family. It's not there anymore. He lied to me. And the mom, you know, same thing. So there are really reasons why we don't 
we may want to revisit the, you know, this particular part of our tradition and culture. Do we need to actually deceive the children in their tenderest, most trusting years to believe that it's all about this mystical person that comes into their life and gives them all these wonderful things? Personally, my vote will go for let's give the parents the credit. Let's, let's let the children know the love and, and the total beautiful intention that the parents want them to have this magical day. And that it's, it's about the generosity of what Creator brought into our world through a messenger whose particular teachings and particular view of how we can pursue the very, very energy level and consciousness of Christ. What's wrong with that? Where did that go? So, and, and here's the thing. I celebrate all of them. I celebrate all of the religious parts of the holidays. I celebrate every holiday. I have friends from all of these particular cultures and religions. And I just, from my birthday, which starts in October, all the way to the end of February, I celebrate. I, I, I'm this party girl. I, I, you know, if anybody's doing a particular celebration because of a seasonal holiday or something, I'm in there. You know, I'm in there. And, and I'm in there with my whole heart. I actually find the beauty of why it is we're doing the celebration. And, and I can give great, lots of grace and praise for all of the messengers. And I really, really have my heart full over the season and the Yuletide. I'm just saying for all of you who are sending all of your communications and, you know, there's definitely so many wonderful things that we can do now to help release these particular traumas and these particular emotional uh, congestions in our body. There's lots of good body work that we can go to. There's lots of energy, particular work that can be done to help you release how that's built up. You know, uh, putting get, getting somebody's beautiful healing hands on your body at this time and working around your face and your shoulders and all through the trunk of your body. This, this, this is good stuff. It's healing stuff, okay? And then to actually get into maybe some coming in for some, you know, life coach assistance of some sort to actually help you talk through where a lot of it's hanging on to take charge off of it so that you can actually say that, you know, this, this year you're going to have a great holiday because you took care of all that and not allow that to eat up the very spirit of the giving and the joy of why we give and what we do in, in this particular time and season. And for me, it's just like, you know, I, I, I want my children to know not to, you know, it's not looking for the pat on the back. But I want my children to know that, you know, the consideration of them for these very special times was the work of me and their father. And, and I'm very happy for them to know that we made sure that there was something under that tree. And that that tree is significant of a story much bigger than Santa Claus. Okay, and that... You know, we, we, I can't say that we did not expose our children to Santa Claus. We did. Okay. We went to the stores. We saw them. None of my, only one of my children wanted to sit on Santa's lap. And when they did, we took them up there so they could. And the whole thing was, it was my youngest son. And he said to Santa Claus, so why do you wear that stuff? <laughs> so we, he was, I have to admit, he was very swiftly dealt with and, hushed up with a gift and uh, <laughs> taken off the scene real fast. You know what I mean? But it's like you have to look in your hearts and, and what, I, what I've seen, and especially like the observance I did last year, just standing in the store watching, there are parents that get combative. Hear me? Get combative if you dare even make a, a, an imply that, you know, that this is not real. 
you know, the, you become the Scrooge, and even worse than the Scrooge, you become the SOB, you know. So, like I said, you really have to look at the fact that there's, why, you know, what are we doing and why are we doing it? And then to see the after effect in, in the whatever percentage of our population it's there, it's still too many. Over just trying to actually give credit to this mystical creature and person instead of giving the legitimately earned respect to the parents that actually, and, and I guess where I'm going with this when I say that, I know right now when I was talking what come up is all the families that I know where what comes in the door through the earnings and the work of the mother and the father is making sure that they're clothed well, that they're warm, that they have a shelter and that they have healthy food. And it is a true push and sacrifice for them to pull the extra that it's going to take to make sure that also there is a beautiful wrap, something or another, there for that Christmas day. And it, and I've seen the same thing for Hanukkah and some of the other particular gift-giving uh, occasions we have during the seasons. And with all my heart, I, you know, for me, then... Those parents, bless them over and over again. Those parents deserve the acknowledgement to know. And when that person grows up, they need to know. And will learn inevitably themselves what it took for that to be what happened in that season. What it takes to make sure that you do that gifting and you take care of that. Like, you know, I'm, I've already started sending out word to my family because... We do a big thing, and, and, and my oldest son is really one of those people. The, the more, you know, the more packages that are under the tree, the he, you know, the, the heavier the season is for him. He just loves that. And so basically I've said to them, the gift for me is the gathering around the table, the celebration of the dinner, as well as the, the having us all together the maybe taking in a movie, maybe bringing in and having a game, but and the singing. I love to do the singing, you know. So this year I've let them all know, because inevitably I know they're going to go buy something. You know, I want a karaoke machine. And I told them that. I want a karaoke machine, and I want the microphone and the whole thing, and I want you all to be practicing a particular song, because I want you all to sing to me. And... You know, especially chose so what? Yes, you you ask me what I want. You know, if you want to go get the mittens and the hat and the whatever, hey, go ahead. But you asked me, and I'm saying I want a nice karaoke machine. So basically, those are the things that makes up this jovial time for me. The snuggling, you know, this season and for Thanksgiving. And here we are talking about, you know, the Christmas thing. And it's really just the mid-October, and we're not talking about the Thanksgiving thing. Have you seen that? I mean, all the Christmas stuff is out already. Uh, I, you know, it's I'm at that range that maybe there's a titch of dementia starting. But I seem to recall that the Thanksgiving was the big thing, and then it was after Thanksgiving all of the other Christmas stuff opened up. Not so. People, you know, around where I'm at, people already got up their Christmas lights, okay? And and I've seen Christmas trees in two, in two people's windows. And it's like, really? Oh, goodness, that's really fast. And then there's nothing about the turkey. So basically, with all of the journeys and the trips that I've been on and everything, there's been a kind of a, a rumor I guess I can call it because I don't. I have no idea where it all started or if, if there's any legitimate claim to it. But in the Native community, uh, was a young man that said to me, yeah, didn't you know they're trying to cut Thanksgiving out because it gives too much credit to the Indians? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, and then I said, could you give that to me again? And so then he repeated himself and I said, so you guys think that that's why they're not playing up Thanksgiving? And he goes, well, what's Thanksgiving all about? And I thought about it, and it's like, yeah, okay, it's when the pilgrims acknowledge that the natives have helped them learn how to grow corn and, you know, 
survive and build their homes and the whole thing. So it was a great time of sharing what my people call the newcomers and and the people of the community and the indigenous people. And uh, so I don't know if that's real. So if there's some of you out there that are hearing stuff like that, it's like, okay, uh, I'm not okay with that. You know, I, I want that. I want that to be remembered by my people as well as all of the newcomers. Because there was a time when, you know, there was true friendship and trust. And definitely when those ships hit the shorelines, there is a history that says most of those people were so sick they had little chance at all, okay? And our people helped pull them through because it was just a trust. It's what you did. And many things in our history has transpired that has brought some bitterness and all. But I think if we go back to actually understanding how it started, and we can remember the feelings of friendship and love and knowing it was the right thing to do, to help, to assist, and to bring people together. And that's Thanksgiving to us. And you know, it, it is something that I feel we need to support. So I told my husband, because he, he says to me, are we going to go look at some reefs or something? I said, no. And he goes, really, there's a lot of stuff that's really a good buy right now. And I said, yeah, but it's not Christmas for me. And he said, okay. And I said, let's talk. You know, I do my thing after Thanksgiving, and I'm not going to omit Thanksgiving. And he started laughing. He says, I know what you're doing. I know what that young man said to you and you're thinking about that and you're looking around and you're wondering if there's a seed of truth in that. And I said, yes, I am. You know, it's no big surprise. Yes, I am. Because I am looking at the fact that already Christmas is dominating the season. And there is truly a wonderful unfoldment how one thing touches. And I find even in all of the other religious celebrations I, you know, and I'm sure that I've done this myself. I'm not asking anybody else to believe this or see this, but I just find that one leads into the other. It's sort of like this crescendo that builds up and, you know, this one comes in and then it kind of makes this one fuller and blah, 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 and it just goes on. And, you know, I ride that current right on through the whole winter and it's just beautiful. And it's like, it just makes happy time all through that. You know, it's just really wonderful. And so for me, it's like, okay, just, you know, everybody needs to know, you know, Thanksgiving hasn't happened yet, so don't don't come showing me your Christmas stuff, you know. My daughter actually asked me, Mom, when you come, are we going to do any Christmas shopping? And I told her, your dad put you up to that, right? And she says, what are you talking about? I said, your dad told you to ask me that. And she goes, no, no, no. She says, I just know that, you know, I have my Christmas fun and there are some good sales. I said, I don't want to talk about it. If you're buying anything for Thanksgiving, we can go shopping. If it's not about Thanksgiving, I'm not shopping for Christmas until after Thanksgiving. And she just started to laugh, you know, and it's like she says, Mom, you're so predictable. And it's like, that's okay. But I want Thanksgiving, you know. And so it was so wonderful because the store that we shop in, I'm going through this and, you know, you go and you kind of, this stuff all kind of chews around in you for a while, right? <laughs> We're in the store, and of course, there's the Christmas stuff, you know? And uh, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm not looking at it or checking it out or pricing it or anything, which is totally unusual for me. I'm nosy. I love, I think more than the actual buying. I just like looking at everything. So I, I was not allowing myself to go over there at all or anything, and I'm thinking, I'm, you know, I'm really focused. It's like Thanksgiving everything is thanksgiving i'm getting ready for thanksgiving i looked for thanksgiving you know like kind of uh things you know like reefs uh little things that represent the turkey and you know the whole acorns and all of that other stuff and the, the squashes in it and i couldn't find them everything was either halloween or christmas and it's like i did i still haven't and you know i i will keep looking but i still have found nothing like the fold out turkeys and stuff that I usually used to sit around with, you know, some squashes and other things that were seasonally set for fall and for Thanksgiving. It's not there. And it's like, so I'm, I'm in this place and saying, okay, I'm not going to feed this. And I was giving myself, you know, a real scolding. You get yourself out of this and 
you go into, you know, whatever is happiness is happiness and it doesn't have to have this flavor, blah, 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 blah. And I get to the register. And, you know, and I put myself through and everything. And it was at this point to where I felt, okay, you know, I've kind of got past it. I don't feel the resentment and all the stuff. And I'm, I'm in a good place. And I had this beautiful cashier. And she, she was just a love anyway. And, she's, and she rang up a couple of more items. She says, all right, you've hit the goal. I said, excuse me? And she said, you've won a turkey. I said, what? And she said, for every $100 of groceries that you buy, you get a 15 to 20 pound turkey for Thanksgiving. And I just looked at her and I said, it's fortunate that there's a counter between you and I, or I would kiss you right on your beautiful face. And she just looked at me for a minute and blinked her eyes. And I said, I've been walking around here stewing about the fact that you got all this Christmas stuff up and I can't find any centerpieces or anything for Thanksgiving. And I says, and then I'm thinking, you know, there's a sadness in me that's saying, don't forget this time of where we came together on this land. And it was all about friendship. You know, that has to be a spirit that takes us into Christmas. And I'm going to giving her the whole works, you know. And she's looking and she's nodding and smiling to that. And I said, and then I get here. And the thing that you give me is the meat for the table. Here's the turkey, you know. And I said, this is so cool. And then she said to me, well, wait, we probably are going to have two turkeys here. Okay. So. I'm telling the story, and there's just, you know, in my reality, there's just me and her, just me and the cashier, okay, and I'm sharing all of this, what I, you know, blah, 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 and she was agreeing, and she put a few points of her story in there, and it's like, this turkey just made my day, you know, this is wonderful, and of course, she sends the young man at the end that's bagging up and everything, and she says, go get a turkey, well, he brings back a great big old fat turkey, I mean, it's a 20-pound turkey, you know, cool, Say, wonderful, I can feed a whole family on this. This is fantastic, you know. And so when she gets through ringing up, I had actually purchased like $320 worth of stuff. Some of it, not just all food, but, a, you know, a lot of the cleaning stuff and everything else I got, I was stocking up. So I ended up with three turkeys, okay. And I think that's cool. Like, I got a whole cart of turkeys in case you were forgetting about Christmas, people. I got three turkeys, right? I'm in a real good place. And then the... Family that's over from me, I, their bill went over a couple of hundred, so they ended up with two turkeys, and they brought it their turkey over to me, and because I was standing there, and they said we'd like to give you this turkey, and and uh, I told her, you're going to give me your turkey, and she goes, well we got two, and there's only you know one's more than enough for me and my family, and she says I figured I'd give this to you, and. Uh, I started to laugh, and I said, and and why would you do that? You know, why would you feel that it uh, would be cool to give me another turkey? And she responded with such love and beauty in her face. And she said, in my heart, I know the joy of what you're looking at and thinking, and you will make sure that a family that needs this turkey will have the joy of Thanksgiving. And she said, I want to give my turkey to that. Because I can tell you with all my heart, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, God, I got more turkeys, you know. Now I got three turkeys, so I can give to some families that I know. And I'm, I'm always part of a food project for all these occasions, as well as I don't believe we just need to feed people on the holidays, okay? I kind of do the whole year thing. But I was very happy. It's like, okay, I got two more turkeys, you know. And now she gives me this one. And then she started this rush. It's like... All of a sudden, I end up with eight turkeys in my basket, you know, and it's like all these people are saying, please, whatever, you know, project you're on and how, whoever you're feeding in that, know that we give this with all our heart and we're so happy to be able to give it. And you know what I'm going for. I know you do. You're all hearing it. I realized right then you can't take away the spirit of Thanksgiving. I don't care what's laying around and what kind of ornaments are there. We have come to be conditioned that in this period of time, this is where we, we praise thankfulness and gratitude. And the bird represents that. Okay, that turkey represents that. And right there in that store, I had my Thanksgiving. Those people were the guests at my table as far as I'm concerned in my heart. Now, Thanksgiving is not to the 26th. 
but I've already made sure that those turkeys are assigned. And now whenever I go to the store, that cashier, I mean, she told me that right now they have a count of about 31 turkeys that have been donated. And they're all saying to, and they're calling me the turkey woman. Okay, I've been called worse, by, <laughs> but it's like, okay, uh, you please have to put a stop to that. Ask them to find things in their community and things around, you know, their churches and whatever that actually doing a holiday uh, dinner and stuff and do that because, you know, I, I, I really don't have no way to deal with 31 turkeys right now on the personal level. So, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, she says, well, what we can do is we'll just get a few of the cashiers to find out if their church is indifferent. And I said, yes, please, and just let me know about it. And it's just, it's just this really caught on thing. Now, I'm still not seeing the decorations I'd like to see. Okay, they're not out there. But the very heart of it is beaten very strong. Very strong. And I know that there are some of you out there that know there's a special thing that doesn't have all of those emotional hangovers hanging on it for the holidays. And for me, that's turkey. That's turkey day. That's Thanksgiving day. It's the day of boiling the corn, and making the stuffing, and, and uh, bringing the, you know, the baked apples, the cinnamon apples to the table, and all the wonderful things that have been passed through the ethnic traditions and culture of what makes up my life and my family. And that's, that's where I'm saying. So, you know, we, we, we have to look at the effects of things that we have taken so for granted and the things we do just because they were things that were taught to us. And we need to ask ourselves, what's the real message here? What, what are we really putting across? And as far as our children go, and the fact that we are doing everything we know to do as being good, good parents, you know, let them know. Let them know what it took for you to provide this wonderful, magical morning for them. Don't have to take away Santa Claus. You just don't have to try and make it more real than you. Just consider it. And if that makes me a Scrooge, then I'm all right to be the Queen Scrooge here, okay? But meanwhile, we have to start somewhere. And we have to know that if we keep putting it off or we keep finding reasons to postpone it, we're just prolonging the effects of what we don't want to have happen. And for me, that's that we make the change, we embrace it, we look at things, and then we go forward. And here's what I do know after living these beautiful years of life, is that if we open ourselves to understanding, it brings change. And in that change, we become greater. And that's the whole message of what life gives us. We're evolving. And in our evolution, we're coming to such wonderful and exciting discoveries. Yes, there's a lot of chaos, turmoil, and, and suffering. And that's up to us. And especially, uh, I mean, I got pretty much a bunch of people outraged when I recently sent across my Facebook uh, my my particular feelings about the fact of what happened in Paris. And I said for us to begin to say, kill them, you know, just take on the bitterness and all the craziness. When do we change that? Because we're feeding what we're trying to say we want no more of. And until we learn that, and when we finally have to say we have to do it now, now is the time. I'm looking forward to this being a season to where we see that in everything and that we realize we are a global humanity. We are global citizens. We are of the community called Earth. And every one of us are so special, so very special. That, you know, you look out, I, I, I am so, I love just being in my homelands out here now. I go back to Ohio and I see the forest. I go up into North Carolina and I'm with the forest and then I come into the mountains and the deserts. To experience this earth, to be within her realm and to actually have a day of life 
in the magnificence of all that makes up the nature around us. Do not, do not let that go past you on any given day. Touch nature. Be a part of nature. Bundle up if it's cold where you're at. And spend some time outside. And make sure that you're touching and hugging and being close to people. It's not time to be sterile and distant. Touch. Touch and feel and be. They tell me that my time has run up here and that I have to scoot along so that we can put this particular program together for you. I want you to remember how wonderful and joyful it is for me to actually come to this time and to come into windows in your mind where we can explore the universal part of what we are as beings. I again bring great appreciation and thanksgiving for my beautiful friend Jules and all that she does to make this radio program very, very joyful and effective, to bring you information, what she gives to it. And, and uh, I just want you all to know it isn't all about money. Jules gives far more than she ever gets rewarded with as far as money. It's just her passion. She wants to see these beautiful effects in our world. And in that, we share this wonderful, joyful experience called the particular LOA radio network. It's, it's the gift of my beloved friend, Jules. And I thank you, Jules, wherever you may be right now, for being patient, making sure that I got all of this in on the wire. Love you guys. Look forward to talking to you again in the very near future, in a week. And we'll begin to have our hour, and we'll look into how we're going to explore some other wonderful and exciting things. The season of play is upon us. Play great. Love you. All good things. Well, okay, it's that time of being complete again and going forward to assimilate and use what we've shared and learned. It's with love of humanity that I serve, and it's always good when you're with me. I value you in your time. So I say to you, Olama Liaha, we are family. Walk in beauty upon the great Mother Earth and be the blessing that you are. I send you my hugs and kisses on the breeze and in the sun. Beloveds, I am always with you. Have a wonder-filled week and celebrate all good things. For those of you who want to keep in touch through Facebook, remember that it's www.facebook.com slash forward and it's V-E-N period P-A period R-I-S period H-A. So until then, know we are blessed. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-world.com.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.